Second half of the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Vic Nazar hanging out with you. On Tuesdays, uh, we talk to our good friend Yannick Hansen. Uh, this analyst is brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group. Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, Magnuson Ford, and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Longtime NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck, uh, he is Yannick Hansen. Yannick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, always fantastic. Uh, actually, before we get started on, on some Canuck stuff, did you see the Chris Tanev uh, block yesterday? I did not, no. Oh, well, he, he, he dove basically head first to uh, block a shot. Yeah, um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, he, he, um, that's what he does. It's what he's done for the past decade now and a bit. Um, he does it very well. Um, it, it's one of the things you admire about guys, the fearlessness uh, to block shots because um, it hurts. Uh, everybody knows it. Um, and there is there is trying to block shots and there's blocking shots like i can look like i want to block that shot but it's probably going to miss me and then there's doing everything you can in order to get a piece of the puck and chris is obviously in that category i i imagine you know the 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 other 13 guys on the bench and you know four guys on the the ice looking at it like if he's willing to do that what are we willing to do and that's the thing it it sends a message Uh, and it means like now he's doing this the next time somebody flamingos or get out a little bit, like it's that much easier to chew him apart and then say, "Hey, we're, this is a team. This is what we got to do. It, it hurts to win, um, so everybody chips in in whichever way they can. And some that scoring goals, some it's blocking shots, some it's finishing checks. It, it doesn't matter, but it, it's got to get done, and, and we can't uh, we can't cheat." Uh, all right, let's get to the Canucks. Uh, your reaction to the Sharks game? Because it, it felt very uh, dispiriting and, and deflating, I think, for a lot of fans because there's been so much optimism. And look, it, it's, it's no offense to the San Jose Sharks, but they're sitting there with three wins and they get their fourth one versus Vancouver. Yeah, it's a little bit lethargic. Um, Vancouver is on the tail end of a terrible part in their schedule too. A lot of different cities uh, in a lot of different nights. Uh, no continuity, um, not a lot of road games, uh, home games. It's like bouncing around in and out. Um, so again, it's a, it's a tough stretch in their schedule right now. There's probably some fatigue kicking in. Um, some guys getting healthy scratches. The first couple of injuries are starting to rear their ugly head. Um, but but I think fatigue is the thing. Hopefully this them coming home now, having a little bit of time at home here. I know they got to go to Calgary at some point later this week. Um, but but again, they they seem to uh, have been just coming past a really tough stretch in in their scheduling right now. Uh, and again, everybody looks at Vancouver against San Jose right now. It should be a gimme. Um, but like I said, there are other things that place in other factors. Um, it's never it's never good when you lose to a team like San Jose, and I'm not saying San Jose, but in a team in San Jose's situation, because it's two points you need, it's two points you want, it's two points you just gotta get and move on. Um, so so that's that's the tough part about that. Um, the only positive is they played really well. They've provided themselves a little bit of a cushion here, so um, it, it's not like it, it was a, a real dagger. No, it, it was a blip on the radar. But we've had a couple of blips now, mm-hmm. um, and their schedule or their their record over the last half a dozen games, maybe even into ten games now, aren't as good as we'd like it to be. It's probably not playoff uh, caliber hockey, and, and it won't get you there. Um, 
but again, again, you've you got to find a way to correct this. Like I said, it's a very tough part of their schedule. They just come over. Um, so, so hopefully they can right the ship here, come home, uh, have a little bit of time, and, and then start stringing some wins together. Is the intensity of how they're playing starting to fade for you? Because they were playing with such high energy uh, to get those wins early. And, and look, there's a natural adrenaline when you begin the season. But it feels like that's starting to fade now and leading to maybe some inconsistencies. We're running into December, January now. Um, that, that, that those are tough months. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, you, you're rounding 20 games, um, and it's just a black hole of, of hockey games coming at you right now. Where um, you're still miles away from deadlines, from playoffs shaping out right now. That this is where the, the good player separates themselves uh, from the great ones, or vice, or vice versa, if you will, uh, because consistency is what makes NHL players great. Everybody can play these 5, 10 games, good games in the NHL because players are so good. But being able to do it for 72, 75, 70, 77 games, that, that's what that's what turns players into career NHLers that plays for, for 10, 12, 15 years. The guys that know how to and are able to play well, win with their teams, for their teams, when it's hard and and that's the time we're rolling into now where where it, it it's not easy anymore you're not running on the adrenaline and excitement of being back from the off season no you're you're in the grind right now you're in the grind and it's it's hard work night in night out uh, not a lot of rest uh, like i say travel is starting to catch up injuries is creeping in and all these things so this is where uh, this is where you find out what your what your team is made of so what was it like, uh, you know, the, the, that great stretch in Vancouver Canucks hockey when, when you were playing? Like, what do the good teams do during these dark days of the seasons? Now that it's December and you're, you're first through the court, first quarter mark, like what's important to stay focused on? You find ways to win. You find ways to win no matter what and how it takes. Uh, sometimes it's systems. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's specialty teams. Sometimes it's your all-stars. Sometimes it's your grinders. Um, but you it's harder to dig out that complete game from the entire team start to finish when all these things I mentioned before starting to creep in. That That's where you need you need to find ways to win games that you probably shouldn't. And that has to come from uh, something a little bit more than just, like I said, uh, these things that tend to, to go well for you early or late or whatever it might be. You, you need... Uh, you, you need guys stepping up and, and forcing it, if you will. Uh, you mentioned a great example with Chris Tanneth. Like that, that's some of the things that, that you love to see. And when things are a little bit harder, it can galvanize a group, uh, bring them together. And, and I say, okay, we're, we, we're going to do this now, even though my legs are tired and I uh, got six hours of sleep last night after a back-to-back. But, but hey, we, we're, we're still going to find a way to, to dig our way out of this one and get two points and then move on. Because even Taka today was kind of harping on, hey, we want to have like 35-second shifts today and trying to do it now versus figuring it out in March and starting to play playoff hockey. And I, I just wondered if he's looking at 35 seconds and saying, hey, play 35 seconds of high-intensity get-off rather than a minute of skill, which can still have a success, but we, we want to play high-intensity high, high all the time. 
Yeah, coaches are always screaming for that short shift. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, short shifts are better. There, there's no question about that. Uh, keeps everybody involved, everybody engaged, uh, everybody at the tip of their toes when you're not sitting for too long. Uh, TV timeouts can, can be your best friend and they can be your worst nightmare as well. So it, it's one of those things where... Uh, when, when your team are struggling a little bit, you, you try to come back to basic. We heard it early, uh, business type of game in Nashville, uh, short shift, uh, final way, all these little things mm-hmm. where it seems like he's pushing these minor buttons when, when he sees that the team is uh, is fluttering a little bit. And, and it, it, it was only really, really early. I think it was after the Philly game, game three or four or whatever. Like, like he hit that, that big nuclear button with like he's calling them out being soft and stuff. Like we haven't seen anything like that since. So so now it, it's these little massages he, he's putting in there. It's just like you kind of feeling out your team and, and testing water. Like where are they and, and how much can we get away with? Because he knows this too, and he sees them. And uh, like, it's one thing to say, "Well, we want to play this way." Well, if your your horses can't play this way right now because we're a little bit tired or whatever, well, then we got to find a way to to get the two points without playing that way that that made us run over the league early. And then hopefully it'll it'll catch itself again once you get a little bit more rested, if you will. Yeah, because I, you know, I just I wonder because you know he's harping on intensity, and we 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 don't always see the most creative of hockey from them. It's it's very you know straight lines and and be effective in 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 doing it. But I wonder if he, he almost wants them to play safe because he recognized maybe there's not a lot of talent on this team and play with a lot of intensity because hard work over you know beats out talent. Yeah, we've seen what this team does when they play creative the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, it, it breeds for some entertaining hockey here and there, but it doesn't win you anything. Um, so there's no question. Um, uh, skill is good, but skill's got to work hard. Um, and it's got to come in that order. Uh, when, when skill works hard, you can't compete with it. Because um, I can outwork, if, if I outwork the skill, I, I would win most nights. Um, but when that skill works as hard as me, then it, they take it to another level. So you, so you got to push your guys to the point where they're not relying on skill. Um, skill is what will put them over top. Talking to Yannick Hansen as we do here on Tuesdays on the People Show. Uh, you know, what, what, a phrase I'm thinking about right now because we're seeing, you know, Elias Pettersson maybe not at his best right now is complementary hockey, and we always talk about it when it comes to you know how five guys work together or three guys on a line. I, I wonder how one line impacts the others right now because they're not winning their matchup right now. That whole line, and it, it comes down to I think we can all see Pettersson's not at his best, but does it put too much pressure on the other lines too? It always does. You, you need everybody to win in this league. Um, and it, to some extent, it doesn't affect other lines how one lines do, but some it does. Because whenever that line comes out, and if they're not winning their matchups, it just means the next line up is starting in a defensive zone. The other team's got momentum. Um, that being said, if a line is playing great, they're still playing great without this. It, it just makes it a little bit harder because the other teams get a, get a breather, if you will, while these guys are on and you get a chance to change momentum. And even though you're playing well and your line is playing well, if momentum is shifting in the other way, it's very hard to continue to carry on play and 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 dictate, if you will, when you're on the ice. Because the line I'm thinking about is is JT Miller's line, and look, I, I've been vocal about you know I think JT Miller's a good player, but he's he's not without flaws. And now with one line not going, and and it just feels like there's more emphasis on okay, he's got to drive a line, and that's not really showing out either. I'm just curious how one plays off the other. Yeah, that's what I just touched base on there. Mm-hmm. He, you're not going to win in this league if one line aren't going or 
are a little bit of an anchor. And, and again, it's not just a line we're talking about. It's potentially the best player on the team who's uh, really pulling it when he is playing. So, And a lot of things goes through him as well. So there, there's no question. You're not going to win on a consistent basis without Elias Pedersen. He, he needs to be... He doesn't need to be the best player in the league, but but he needs to be one of the best players on the team um, every other night if you want to win. He has one point in his last four games, uh, two in his last five, both assists. And look, when you're playing through something, like what's important for him right now? If he's injured, it's getting healthy. There's no question about that. We saw what he can do. We know what he can do when he's playing at that level. Um, so, so again, it's no different than when we were talking about JT Miller. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, too much is uh, is the wrong answer, and a little bit back to basic. Um, that being said, the way PD plays, it is it, like it would be too much for me every other night or every night, if if you will. So, so again, skilled players got to be able to make skilled plays. Um, they can't hurt the team too much, uh, but they they got to have some leeway in order to find their way back to playing. Um, the style that makes them very effective. Is he putting himself in positions to make those plays? Because, you know, there was a couple plays where it felt like you, not giving up, but he was trying to maybe do something too big and and just kind of float a pass into McKayev and hopefully he latches onto it on on a rush chance or something like that. And felt like he was consistently going to that and not really putting himself in the best positions to make plays. That's hard to judge from the outside because these guys, they see the ice different. So it's like... uh, uh, you you, you got to go just trust that uh, what they're doing is the right play at the right time uh, and, and then go with it. Like, there's so few players of these around the world that can make these things and, and, and elevate their games to the height that he can. So, uh, again, I wouldn't want to put a hamper on him in, in any way. Uh, you just hope that um, he snaps out of it as quick as possible if it's not injury-related. And if it is injury-related, you just, um, you're just waiting for the health to, to come back around and hopefully he'll uh, ramp it right back up then. Uh, so something I wanted to ask you about is the play we've seen quite often from Queen Hughes and Philip Ronick when they kind of push towards each other and maybe they'll feed the pass to the other guy or one will overlap on top. And if, if you're one of those forwards, how are you trying to defend that? Yeah, it's tough. You got to talk to your uh, your other winger, um, and either you're staying or you're releasing, and you're coming back uh, and just kind of bumping shoulders and then going back out. It, it all depends on on your system and your style and what you're comfortable with. Um, but but those two are very very mobile on the blue line in a lateral way, and it's very very hard for for forwards to cover that uh, when they're as elusive as they are. And JT was even mentioning, look, like when they're doing that, the forwards they're still trying to figure out what to do. Uh, from your position, uh, what would you try to do as as one of the uh, teammate forwards there? You go to the net. You know it's coming. You, you see these two guys create so much space, finding shooting lanes, um, and they're shooting very well. Um, so there's no question here. You one guy's got to be support, um, and then I'd I'd prefer an eye eye formation. So one in, one right in the front of the goaltender, and then one in the high slot, that kind of tipping spot there, um, and looking for rebounds. Because I don't necessarily want to see a pass from those two when they start doing that stuff. Um, they're probably looking for a scoring chance, and again, by the net is it, never a bad place to be. 
Uh, it, it's, it's where someone like Andre Kuzmenko has had a lot of success uh, scoring goals by the net. Now, that was last year. It's a different story this year. He's only got three. He's been out of the lineup for two games. Uh, well, first, we'll start on, on the decision to scratch him, which I, I think is fine. You can do it once, but was it too much to do it a second time and it potentially cost them on Saturday? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's always easy to be, uh, be, be clever afterwards, after the fact. I mean, they work the first one. They go into Seattle and they win a good game. Um and then the next one, they're probably thinking, oh, San Jose is, let's scrape this one out and then really send a message because it is, it is an, one thing is to, to sit a guy. Another one is to, to keep them out for two games. It's a little bit of an extended time. So um, maybe did it come back to, to hurt them? I hope that uh, the team's um, success and failure doesn't rise and fall with Andre Kuzmenko because if it does that, we're in, in a tough spot. But but again, it it definitely uh, it definitely sends some shockwaves through the dressing room. I'm sure when when he walks in the second night and see he's not in again. This isn't new, right? Like Bruce Boudreaux scratch Andre Kuzmenko, and you know Rick Tockett has been critical of of Kuzmenko at times. At what point do you worry that this is becoming a, a, a consistent trend and maybe there isn't a solution here? Uh, well, Bruce did it really early and then he's been fine for, for long stretches ever since and he obviously played phenomenal last year. It all comes back to how does he respond. Because um, if he keeps fluttering, um, then it's an issue. You can't keep scratching these guys, then it's just like one of those things that will fiddle out. The thing about Kismingo is he, he has found a way to keep playing at an elevated uh, level. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say I was critical of him uh, in the beginning, but I was hesitant as to how much success he, he was going to have over here. Um, but again, he, he's blown all those proportions out of water with the way he played last year and all those things. So he's been a positive in that sense that he's overcome a lot of the worries you have with European, maybe Russians more so, uh, in how they deal with the adversity, um, how they deal with... Uh, being sad, not playing power play, not playing with the players they like to. And so far, he, he's bounced back every time in, in spades. So you're hoping for the same um, and not keep seeing this repeated pattern of, of a guy being sad and sitting out in these things and not producing. Obviously, you need a guy in, of his caliber being paid the what he is to, to produce. Now he 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 does have fourteen points. It is only three goals, and he's a plus one. It's not like he's you know dash nine or something like that. Um, like do, do you see him getting in the right spots to convert goals, or is is he just a factor of just being unlucky so far this year? Because it was twenty seven percent shooting percentage. It's at ten percent now. Um, like are are you noticing him being effective to try to score goals? Ten uh, percent is not a bad shooting percentage. That that's the thing. Uh, last year he was scoring at a unreasonable high one, so it's more so probably a regression. Like he was, he wasn't. He probably wasn't as good as he was last year, but he's probably not as bad as he is right now in terms of production. Um, but but somewhere in the middle is fine, and you just can't hurt your team. And that's what happened. That's what got him sat. Um, not not doing his uh, his end of the deal defensively, uh, cheating a little bit, not covering. Uh, that'll get you in the press box uh, press box faster than anything. And uh, you know, it, it certainly seems like you know Rick Talk is trying to harp on you know him getting the the, the playoff hockey style habits, and, and he's referenced this here a lot in the last three weeks, maybe because the standings uh, look so kind, and you start preparing for March. And I start looking at certain games that maybe reflect playoff hockey. There was the Colorado game. Now they lose five two, but I thought at, at least they kind of hung around in that game. We're getting ready for a game on Thursday against Vegas. Um, 
when you get these games when it's it's clearly a step up in class, do you view it as you know the result is what matters or the the, the way you conduct yourself in the game is what matters? Statement games result matters. There's no question about that because those are the games where you got to find a way to win. You got to find a way to show that you can beat these teams. So when it does come around to April and May, we know we can beat them. Not, it's not enough just to play well, um, even score clock and all. Oh, we had our opportunities and they got a little bit lucky. No, you, you need to win these games uh, in order to prove to yourself, get that confidence within your team that when push comes to shove, we can beat this team. Uh, he is uh, Yannick Hansen. He joins us here on Tuesdays and uh, you'll hear him on Fridays on Canuck Central. Yannick, thank you very much. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. He is uh, Yannick Hansen, analyst brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Uh, always a blast. On Tuesdays, uh, Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah, uh, coming up here soon. TV. Should mention, yeah, today. we're on TV tonight. Yeah, so 6.30, uh, you will see Dan and Sat on Sportsnet Pacific setting up for a game against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, puck drops at 7 o'clock. I'll be back later this evening on intermissions with Reach. Post game with Sat because he's doing TV duty uh, with Ian McIntyre as well. We'll all be there for the post game show as well. See you then. This is The People Show.